0: Hi, this is Liz Brunig. Welcome back to our low-effort, low-quality podcast. This is my husband, Matt. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm doing it wrong. Doing, doing what the, wrong? I'm doing the podcast wrong.
1: Oh, well, I wouldn't say today. I would say generally. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Matt. It's for that vote of confidence, asshole.
1: <laughs> Liz struggles with the <laughs> awkwardness of sitting and talking into a mic because it's... It's not exactly like a conversation because most conversations you don't have a big um, like stick that you're holding in front of your face. Um, (laughs) So that minor variance really throws her and she consistently moves the mic out from her face um, to make it more like a normal conversation. Which doesn't, you know, doesn't work really.
0: But you're free. You don't care. Because nev- you've never had a normal conversation. So what no,
1: it's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, I don't even look at people when I talk to them. There's <laughs> really no, it works perfectly for me. Um,
0: if you could just have a big, sti- like you're holding a stick and you're holding like a Venetian masquerade mask in front of your face, that would be a great situation for you, every conversation. Yeah,
1: I mean, if I could, yeah, I mean, or I should wear sunglasses more often just so I could kind of, not have to worry you know because you never know where someone's looking with the sunglasses um, the white guys uh-huh. who wear
0: sunglasses are cops
1: well what if you're wearing you know some cool sunglasses
0: <laughs> is that what you're gonna get <laughs> you're gonna invest in some <laughs> in some like ray-bans
1: yeah whatever's cool right yeah. now i'll go yeah. on to the Just to the website see what
0: Kanye's wearing check what Yeezys up to
1: well he has those ones that look like um blinds those are cool yeah I don't. I think that would be counterproductive because yeah, I'm trying attention. to, yeah, I'm trying to get the attention away from me.
0: You do close your eyes while you're talking to people quite often, like an anime character. Yeah, it
1: helps me concentrate and blocks out the sort of social anxiety and other things like that. Um, so you know, when I used to debate, remember, yeah. I, I'd always get in trouble with the judges because. I would not look up the whole yeah, time.
0: You would look down at your desk the whole time. I would time. just
1: look down. I wasn't even looking at anything because there were often times I yeah. didn't even have anything written down, yeah. but I would just look down because I don't. I'm talking. I know that seems social, but it's not to me social.
0: High school debate in Texas is the North Texas circuit is really odd. It's great because you would have at times in really big tournaments, like very intelligent kids who had prepared extensively and were really sharp i mean you'd go to uh, you know the college circuit in new england and not see cases as good as you had seen on the high school circuit in north texas by long shot and then they would have like a parent judging year round which would be like the most darkly ironic thing so like you would they would like brief the parents on how to judge before the tournament began so like this this would be like in just in in primary rounds which is the the very beginning not like in our rounds but i I can remember like you know you would be looking down the whole time you'd go through your round you'd usually win and then you'd have a parent be like now listen this is a speech competition what we're doing right now is a speaking event and uh, i didn't see you make eye contact once or look up the whole time we was here son so
1: you know i had one of them come up to me and say i had to knock you for style points (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Sorry, had to, had to knock it for style.
1: Now, thankfully, the the geniuses who <laughs> construct debate scoring decided to create two parallel ways of evaluating a round, <laughs> so you could still win it's a low point win yeah i was the king of low point wins you were i remember where that you, 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 they would assign a winner and then also assign a point winner based on i guess like overall style and speaking yeah. skills and that sort of thing and i would i would consistently lose that while winning the round which is very not very common but was, very quite, uncommon. was winning, quite common for winning me.
0: whole <laughs> tournaments while being a low point uh, speaker
1: yeah speaker. Yeah, and thankfully uh, you know, the points don't matter. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Points well, don't matter, don't yeah. mean anything. Well, I guess they matter for the speaking award. Who <laughs> I, mean, I can I remember actually care. before
0: we were dating when we were just on the team, I would win I frequently would win best speaker at tournaments and you would be like, Who cares? Throw that in the trash. <laughs> speaker. I mean <laughs> you whatever. Laugh at it. I'm here to
1: beat you in a contest of intellect, of the not mind. to be I'm not an actor. We <laughs> we'll have this whole other thing at the tournament for people who wanna act. So, you know, they have this thing called original oratory where you can read a speech that you wrote and, you know, do your best MLK.
0: Do you remember the kid who was doing comedy and was reading a book on how to be funny? Yeah. <laughs> that was dark.
1: That, that yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a that lot of black moments in debate. Yeah. Well, if you're reading a how to be funny, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm particularly funny. I but you're a funny guy. If you're like, man, I want to be a comedic actor. What I need to do is study comedy, but not in the sense like, oh, I'm going to listen to the great CDs and just sort of marinate in it. But like, here's a book on how jokes work. <laughs> 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 like, that is something I, I, I don't know. It actually does seem like something I might do if I was really interested yeah, in it. Yeah, that's the problem yeah. though.
0: Yeah, that was dark. That was a dark moment. That was really bleak. There was a, it was a it's a it's a very um, I'm surprised debate hasn't been mined for more successful pop culture because it's a very black comedic scenario. I mean, maybe North Texas is different.
1: Yeah, I think it's unique in some parts of the country, Stark. and also, just people have a you know they they like debate to be inspirational as yeah. opposed to it what just it really is.
0: Breaks your spirit. Makes it's you strange.
1: Yeah, it's just games. It's just it's just yeah, I mean it it's it's as brutal in many ways as uh you know football, but uh in you know with ideas and arguments you're just yeah. just trying to rip people apart, not trying to uh make a great sort of moral uh persuasive uh, oratory in the stylings yeah. of the great speakers or whatever. No.
0: I remember I remember when I <laughs> Remember when I was in novice debate and someone said that Lincoln Douglas was styled after the debates between Abraham Lincoln and Stephen Douglas that happened in a round. I remember getting a ballot back between one of our teammates who you might remember as Nelson and another kid. And the judge had written good job Geltman at the bottom, a terrible misspelling of (laughs) (laughs) gentleman. Well, it's shorthand. (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, I remember our coach, not caring about our team to the degree that another coach kind of adopted us from another school and would get us our ballots, because our coach would just kind of be missing in action all day at other events.
1: Uh, I don't remember that in particular. You weren't
0: around for Hanft, but no. he was the coach at Arlington High who got us our ballots because m- because our you know our coach was busy. Anyway, good times, good times, great stuff. It's good to take a bunch of very tender-hearted adolescents who are just trying to like learn about who they are what their morals and values are and then just shred that all when they're very very sensitive and their egos are only half formed No, you I just think competition them, um, you know they competition is apart. good competition
1: yeah. is good not in a in a like in, in things that matter for society necessarily but yeah. you know for recreational purposes it can be fun you know as long as it's within uh, kept within reasonable bounds I think
0: it makes people really strange yeah but
1: you know all school does in a sense.
0: That's true. This That's is uh
1: this is a good way of you know, a good way of forming people, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't I uh well, I don't know about that. I think that probably the best way to form people is like with loving mentorship relationships, all a school of Athens, like I don't mind having the harsh arguments that are very r- rigorous, but I think that you need to have them in like a loving environment and debate is sort of like the opposite of that yeah you know maybe
1: different strokes for different folks on that i think i really thrive in uh
0: you did you did you let's did, go
1: well. in let's just jump in and fight for my life sure in this so. round. the and Tanya
0: harding of debate
1: oh absolutely well that goes to the speaking issue yeah. that i had you um, didn't care
0: about style it was just substance
1: yeah, I'm just trying to win this round, you know, with my args. I'm not trying to. I don't. I've got. There's all these trappings and stuff that you know you guys are judging extraneously. But just put me in this round, and you know, I think I can one on one. I think I can take take just about anyone. So that was my position back in the day.
0: Now you softened your position a little bit. Uh,
1: you know, I actually think days. I wouldn't do so well these days because. The punditry world is so devoid of of, content, of meaningful yeah. <laughs> debates, like nothing ever gets to the level of like clarity and specificity, and so I really think you you start to degrade, which is kind of bizarre because this is like the big leagues of yeah. <laughs> of deliberation but the big leagues of deliberation are way worse than the minor leagues of deliberation no
0: yeah the purest and most beautiful arguments taking place right now are happening between like 17 year olds at the tournament of champions absolutely yeah
1: Yeah. like yeah and where it's actually like what is the argument really really spell it out for me here reveal the vulnerability that i think i see yeah i'm gonna make you reveal it and if you don't if you want to play the game and and ignore it i'm just gonna get crushed
0: i'm gonna call you out on it and it's gonna be impossible to hide
1: yeah and you can't do that online people they they prevaricate and Mm -hmm. they they just ignore or whatever like
0: a million procedural points yeah
1: you can't you can't even get someone to answer a question Like, you know, in a debate round, you can sit there and be like, all right, I got three minutes to ask you questions. And I got one question. I'm just going to keep, I'll keep rephrasing it. I'll listen to you, see what kind of dodge you're doing. I'll identify it and I'll get it until I get that kernel that I'm trying to get out of you. You can't do that out of people in the discourse. So, you know, it's just people just basically slapping the first part of a debate round where you kind of make your case and then nothing progresses beyond that point. So
0: just competing cases and you uh, you can get really smacked in a debate round for doing that. Yeah. For no, Well, engagement. that's the b-
1: most boring part of the debate mm-hmm. round is the no. part where you've you've spent, you know, hundreds of hours to just prepare and say your case. The, the interesting part is, all right, let's dig in. Let's go. Um, and, and you don't get to do that so much in the real discourse.
0: So in the discourse jungle right now in the adult discourse world at the highest levels, everything's kind of this shaded dim jungle where it's just kind of confusing and hard to tell what's going on. Arguments kind of trail off and they never get followed to their like actual terminal point. They don't get prosecuted very rigorously. People, and I think we talked about this a little bit last time, they don't follow their arguments through and come up with sort of like logically consistent networks of values. They just kind of come up with new briefs every time there's a new problem. So they wind up with these like just stacked beliefs that actually are not coherent in any way and uh, you just have multitudes of incoherent thoughts that are flowing around out there at all times. just kind of like a nest of worms, impossible to disentangle or make any kind of sense of. In the debate world, of course, uh, everything is subjected to the harsh light of, of noonday. I mean, it's very clear and illuminated, which is maybe why you thrive there. Um, I was going to segue from there into our zombie compound. Okay. Are you ready for that?
1: Yeah, what's the zombie compound?
0: So my new shit is that I'm I'm rebranding uh, as someone who's into zombies.
1: Okay, in a, yeah. in a like epic bacon way. Absolutely, yeah. Oh that's my god. Yeah,
0: that's. Uh <laughs> oh
1: lordy. I'm doing. We're a really going
0: full rebrand. Uh, full yeah. rebrand.
1: We're really going going dark today. We're going to
0: some dark places today. I'm doing a full rebrand. I'm into zombies, ninjas. Uh, pirates. Uh, oh uh, yeah, Pirates. Vampires. Um, oh, yeah. Pirates. Are you going
1: to do Talk Like a Pirate Day? I'm going to do Talk Like a Pirate <laughs> uh-huh. Day. Um, Epic Bacon,
0: Cheese for the Win.
1: Cheese for the Win. Yeah, with a Z. Okay.
0: I'm just kind of pulling from the ether here. Uh, I'm okay. just trying to get an impression and get in the mode. This is my new rebrand.
1: Okay. Well, you know, maybe it's time. Maybe that's, you know, it's been 10 years. Uh, so maybe it's
0: time to bring that stuff back. You know, I think that, yeah, you've known me all this time. I've never rebranded. I think it's time for a rebrand. This is what I'm going to do. I started watching The Walking Dead and uh, this was a TV show and I think it's a comic book and maybe a video game. I think it's like every kind of multimedia. It must be a moneymaker.
1: I've Uh, never heard of it. Never? Well, just now.
0: I think my roommate watched it when I was in college. Good for her. You remember Betsy?
1: Mm-hmm. I Betsy think
0: was great. She was great. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure she watched it. I don't know what I was doing at the time. I think I was like, well, I actually cared in college. It's crazy how great college is. But anyway, I was really busy and like I put a lot of effort in. And so I don't think I watched a lot of TV. But like now I have a lot of clear time comparatively. Which is a really backwards way to do it, come to think of it. Anyway, this show is like from 2012, 2010, something like that. And uh, I mean, you know how zombies work, right?
1: I don't. I mean, I get the fact that they're undead. Yeah. Um, you were telling me that it is possible to kill them, which is something I didn't uh, realize. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You just have to destroy the brain. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I get it. So there's a there's a kill point in the head, and yeah. Other than that, they yeah. It's a um, custom
0: made for a video game.
1: They're just slow.
0: Yeah, they're not. They're not very strong. They're weak because they're just like basically shambling dead bodies
1: yeah so kind of on the down the scale of things to be really that scared of
0: yeah but like if they if they bite you or like otherwise their body fluids get into you they can you can you die and you become a vampire,
1: you mean a zombie uh, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, I understand the mechanics of the transmission, but
0: so it's like a plague
1: but it's yeah, but it's not that uh
0: and they're they're like they aggressively try to transmit it for some reason they like so if you become a zombie, you don't just sit in your house
1: just seems like with modern weaponry it's really not that big a deal
0: okay but it is so you just have to entertain for a moment that it is i mean it's not like a, it's not like a five alarm thing like people survive but it does lead to the i think that the, all the zombie stuff is about the shutdown of civil society and so all of these shows are really kind of asking questions about what people are like in the absence of major institutions
1: Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like, um, what's that book you have to read in high school? About the, Lord the island? Of the Flies. Yeah.
0: That, yeah. Yeah, we did read that. Yeah. It's exactly like that. I don't that.
1: think I read it, though. It was assigned. Did you not? I don't think I did. Did
0: you just take the AP test?
1: I did take the AP test. Yeah. What's weird is I didn't read assigned books in high school, but I also didn't do the cliff notes either i just went going blind
0: that's really (laughs) ballsy really weird
1: it was really strange um now that i think about it i should have just cliff noted a lot of it but i was like "Mm, i'm just not going to do any of this
0: if i write a novel will you read it
1: yeah i'll read it
0: okay i'm going to write a novelization of the walking dead tv series okay
1: can you do that is that even legal we'll see uh
0: so uh basically uh we're going to see how you would govern a post-zombie apocalyptic uh, survivor's compound.
1: Okay. Basically. That's an interesting gimmick.
0: Yeah. So, thank you. Thank you. I came up with that. Uh, so, I mean, uh, you know, essentially, the Walking Dead television program, it looks at how various characters attempt to govern, uh, you know, and... and in in all of the great works of philosophy that look at what people are like in the absence of governing institutions and ask questions about what the nature of man is and you know Rousseau has his answer to that question, Hobbes has his answer to that question, Kant even makes a feint at answering that question in a pretty complete way. Um, you know the question is well, what kind of governance can follow from the kind of nature you're dealing with at the very basis of humankind? Right. What kind of governance is it plausible to create?
1: In the state of nature.
0: Following from the state of nature, right? Because you can only work with the materials you have in humanity from the crooked timber of humankind, as Kant says.
1: Right. right.
0: Uh, and so, so I think that these shows kind of... Tinker a lot with trying to figure out, well, what is the nature of humanity and therefore what kind of peace or not peace can these people hope to achieve together in the absence of these institutions that maybe kept these impulses in check? Okay. So that's, uh, that's what we're going to be prodding around in your head for here. Okay. So, uh, zombie thing happens. Everything goes to shit. There's no more government. Uh... First of all, what kind of supplies are you gonna you're gonna try to gather up immediately?
1: Man, I don't really know a whole lot about survivalism. Okay,
0: so guns, and uh, so then we head out into uh, so say you like you have like a ragtag band of follow- followers, people that you've gathered up who are like, okay, Matt's gonna you know lead us to safety. Mm-hmm. And then you happen, you know, you have your guns. okay, guns for defense against the zombies. right. And then you happen upon, like, a farm, which seems like a safe place to set up camp, where mm-hmm. you can, like, do some agriculture and animal husbandry. Okay. And keep yourself safe. And then the guy who owns the farm is, like, no guns. You can't have any guns here. What do you do?
1: Uh, What I mean? You know, I try to have a chat with him, I guess, and explain like to him the importance, you know, to have you been watching the news? Do you recognize? Have you do been he's online? He's, like, kind of out
0: of it, and he doesn't really realize how bad it is.
1: Yeah, and, like... I don't know if the news is still running, but let me tell you, buddy. Like, yeah. there's a big problem, and we need to be able to protect ourselves at this point. Um, but
0: he's still not reasonable, and he's like, "This is my property, and you can't have guns on it."
1: Well, you know, you just you just ignore that. I mean, what do you mean? It's, I mean, like, we, and I don't care. I guess, like, <laughs> are, you know, what are you gonna do about it?
0: What's property at this point?
1: What's property ever i mean but especially at this point like you know we're here we're gonna we're gonna go democratically here i mean what's this guy i don't know. how does this guy make money i mean is this guy a subsistence farmer i mean surely he must be facing some serious disruption in his own business and you be know, able to he's, recognize you know, he's
0: doing all right he's you know
1: where's he selling what are the markets that are Th- still thriving are he's these he's trucks still pulling up to his truck uh, <laughs> to his farm every he, day
0: he's got his stores of grain and such that he's living on
1: he's just eating from the grain silo yeah just goes in every day gets yeah gets a bucket of corn and yeah. mashes it up makes some tortillas
0: yeah it's just like him and like his daughters I guess
1: yeah well I mean if he's in that situation he should be able to appreciate the importance of it but i mean if he's insistent yeah you just say hey you know we agree to disagree on this you know
0: and so you're like so you're basically just gonna have to fight me off your land off this land which is not yours technically
1: yeah i mean i yeah i mean i'm not gonna be belligerent about it but yeah i mean i don't know what who are you to say i can't have guns i mean you know in this situation infested with zombies man yeah i don't you're not an authority over me in this situation. So yeah. Yeah. I just,
0: so he's like, okay, so I have like this big farmhouse and there are a lot of rooms and stuff and it's sheltered and it's easier to defend a house, but also you guys just have to camp outside and my family lives in the house and you guys stay outside. Um, like actually we all live in the house now, dude. Well, there's
1: a lot of empty. Yeah, there is empty space. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, you put a reasonable number of people in the house. Um, you know, maybe give him the option of who's in the house or not. Um, yeah. And then the like rest. women and children?
0: Whoever he prefers,
1: you know, if he's worried about some, some of the figures. Um, you know, because if not everyone fits in the house, you know, you're going to have to find some way to make a decision. And giving him that uh, power will make, make him feel better and, you know, settle the problem of who, who, who's in the house and who's in, in the tent, you know.
0: Do you give yourself like a leadership title?
1: No President Matt so. No King Matt Never been big on titles
0: Lord Matt Mr. Matt You know I would
1: just go by the title I go by now Which is blogger
0: Blogger Yeah Matt Brunet. Professional, Professional poster Professional poster So so then you find out that this guy Also has the idiosyncratic view Which is backed up by no current science That these zombies can be cured And so he's just like keeping all of the ones that he finds in a barn
1: um, What do you do about that? You know, so there's this, I know in this scenario that this is bogus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just ignore him again. I mean, uh, I just don't know why I care. I, I, you I know, we have a deliberation and he can, uh, you know, offer his views and then we'll we'll figure it out and we'll, we'll you know, we'll vote, we'll vote in the group basically.
0: At what, but I mean, at what point do you say like, I don't care how many people find this guy sympathetic, this barn is a danger to us all.
1: Immediately. Look,
0: he's one guy. Yeah, I don't
1: see him as any different from anyone else in the group. Yeah, So he can have a vote and he can deliberate. And, you know, where it's pragmatic will give him some special, you know, decision making, like I said, with the House. But other than that, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, it's an egalitarian system. We're not, I don't care. You're a property holder or what. I just don't care about any of that. That doesn't give you any special powers over anybody else
0: because you're no longer a property holder anyway because you're a legal realist
1: yeah i mean that's true as well i mean yeah i mean in general i think you, you shouldn't you shouldn't let people's property you know give them outsized power now and sometimes you have to because you're navigating the reality of the state and what the state will do to you if you don't listen to property holders but um you know especially when that goes away and even when that hasn't gone away you're trying to create an equal an equal situation as best you can um mm-hmm. democratic and that sort so of thing so would you
0: like dole out rations according to need
1: uh you know i mean yeah probably with a small group i think that's that's pretty pretty doable most people can agree on that yeah. within a small group so
0: that's true So you would definitely just be like, uh, well, I understand your concerns about not murdering your barn full of plague bearers, but I'm doing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Be like someone hold the old guy down and it's time to murder his barn full of pet zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Got to do what you got to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're they're a danger. So
0: it's a a ticking time bomb.
1: There's really no reason for it. I mean, and the only reason for it is nascent propertarian nonsense which i don't yeah. believe in anyways
0: yeah it's time to paint this barn red i would say I, yeah. I mean here's the here's the real question this is i mean we know we went to some dark places today but at what point is the old man against the wall no
1: i'm not gonna i mean
0: you know everybody's thinking it
1: look i mean as long as he's not doing anything that's hurting people he i'm keeps not
0: making all these crazy decisions and like
1: yeah you just ignore him. I don't care what his decisions are. <laughs> if he's not hurting anyone, then, <laughs> then count
0: him yeah, like okay.
1: you just manage him, and you know <laughs> that's that i I don't think but you, you
0: would still maintain a primarily democratic approach to governance, like primarily, you would take votes on decisions, and
1: yeah, I mean, I think you have to, especially with a small group like that, because you don't really have legitimacy in any other meaningful way you're not going to be able to exert any authoritarian power because you don't have a police force or anything like that ready and willing to like muscle you in you know what if so you're like the
0: tallest person there
1: it's just it's not going to work unless you're big enough to have an organized police force to like repress people the authoritarian option is out and so you, you you're just gonna have to make sure people are happy with it and and everyone is more or less agreeable and that sort of thing
0: would you look to like establish a, s- a state at some point? Yeah,
1: if we get big enough. I yeah. think it's important to yeah get your systems in place, get your processes in place. Would one
0: of your first points of order establishing your new post-apocalyptic state to be to establish a sovereign wealth fund?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's key when you're starting a new government, especially. What I've noticed as I've been doing some research more more, and more research. I mean, I've been researching this idea for so long, but is that the kind of uh, post-colonial mm-hmm. countries that were sort of basically starting from ground zero, mm-hmm. um, you know, they did a pretty good job, some of them, of being like, all right, we're going to have a national wealth fund and we're going to do a lot of stuff with it. Mm. And that's a lot easier to get going from ground zero than it is, you know midstream um because right away for instance you could put all the all the land there you go all the land can go in it Boom. you don't need to oh my god like like singapore did where they spent decades basically yeah. imminent domaining all the land in the country you don't need to do that you, you got it from day one um and as you're building companies you get shares of them right off right off the get-go um and it's just it's just a lot easier to get in at the top um and so, you know, I mean, these are things you learn over time. That's why I think in some ways, like, you know, the newer countries, at least if they're really new and they're really kind of cutting edge and following, you know, the best practices that they've, that they've been able to pick up. Those are some of the more interesting, you know, they've really, they really adopt a lot of practices that, that work and that you can't do if you're a 300 year old country or it's a lot harder to do, you know what I mean, because you're so set set in your institutions are so settled at that point um so yeah when you're starting out immediately all these ideas that we kind of kick around let's try to get them in in on ground zero
0: what would you call your socialist post zombie state uh
1: you know i don't know i wouldn't have a name whatever you know we could vote on a name
0: you'd vote on a name
1: yeah i don't care about names really
0: what would you do for like uh retirement
1: uh, yeah, I mean, old age pension, I think, you know, our system is reasonably good, you know, we'll use, uh, payroll tax to fund pensions for elderly people. Pretty, pretty straightforward. It's not a complicated thing. We've solved that already, I think.
0: We're kind of getting into a period of like mild panic over pensions right now in retirement.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, it looks really bad. There's been a a lot of
1: takes recently about it. It's kind of interesting because at the same time, the census released a report a few months ago saying that elderly poverty is actually lower than we think it is. Um, And it's already like pretty low, you know, officially. Yeah, they're saying, we're were having trouble counting some of the traditional pension payments and stuff. But once we kind of bring those in... um, Elderly poverty is even lower than we thought it was. Yeah,
0: but there were people uh, last week putting things out saying, uh, you know, Social Security is about to be insolvent, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Oh, yeah. The trustee report came out um, a couple days ago. The Social Security trustee report. That comes out every year. And every year they, you know, they say, oh, it's we're going to run out of uh, our trust fund is going to be depleted in... 20 years, 18 years, you know, it kind of kicks around year to year, Um, and so they just put that out, and you get the usual wave of stuff, Um, but that's going to blip, blip by like it usually does. I think the bigger, the bigger one is, you know, people pointing out that a lot of people don't have a lot of assets. We're entering Mm -hmm. into retirement, and it may not even be a poverty thing per se, but A lot of older people are going to face a severe cutback in standards of living because, um, you know, they just we've shifted to this um, system of retirement that's based on individual savings and individual accounts. And people just haven't been very good at doing that.
0: Shifted to individual savings and individual accounts as opposed to what? What was the prior form?
1: Oh, we had a system where, you know, big companies would, put, would build up these big, you know, funds, pension funds, and would pay, would pay workers out of those funds. Um, and so y- you would basically get an annuity mm-hmm. when you re- retired, uh, a guaranteed um, payment, you know, for each month, 1000 a month, 2000 a month, and they would h- cover that. And because they had big pools of workers and stuff, they would c- they could kind of manage it and make sure they had enough money in the fund and enough money coming in from current workers to to handle those payments. Um, whereas now you you have your own account and you build up your own assets in that account, and that's supposed to to keep you.
0: So we shift from companies having some stake in the lives of their employees after they retire to companies having far less of a stake. Yeah, it it
1: goes from a corporatist model, as they would have said, you know, uh, because we're kind of relying on the corporations to uh, carry out the welfare state to a uh, fully liberalized model Mm -hmm. of an individual um, carrying out the welfare state with their own you know, their own managing of their own funds and that sort of thing. Um, And then, of course, there's the third model, which we've never had. Well, I guess we do have, to some degree, with Social Security, which is just a a sort of overall social model. Say, ah, we're not going to have corporations manage our retirement. We're not going to make individuals manage their retirement. We're going to have society as a whole manage the retirement system. Um, And we do that, to some degree, with the Social Security old-age pension but then but that's not enough and so wh- how do we fill in the supplementary part of that and that supplementary part has gone from a corporatist system to an individualist you know fully liberalized system
0: what would you say was the net increase of freedom associated with that
1: uh, you know i mean uh, yeah i don't think there's any net increase in freedom but it's i mean how
0: many freedom units
1: yeah you know i mean uh, i think it's really enabled how, um, how
0: what is one unit of freedom a libertas
1: well, you know, I mean, there are some aspects of it, right? So, the 401k and the IRA are portable. Yeah. Yeah, they're not connected to an employer. Mm-hmm. And that is an improvement for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, one of the benefits of the social <laughs> approach as well is, well, I'm not depending on an employer. Society as a whole through our our overall social pension system is right. taking it. So, that's one aspect of it that is does increase freedom. Um, mm-hmm. But... The sort of distributive aspect, the adequate savings aspect, all of that is, is sort of down the tubes. Um, people just aren't very good at saving. People aren't very good at investing. There's this whole layer of scamming that goes on in the asset management industry where they charge fees for these 401ks and make a bunch of money off of it. And the fees are legitimately way too high. Don't make yeah. any sense how high they are. Um, unless you're really savvy and you f- you know, which ones to pick, which most people are not. Um, so it's been a real disaster on that front distributively, um, administratively, but it is portable. So that is a plus.
0: So like six or seven libertas per person.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I I would say it's probably net negative on liberty, especially if you count, you know, the diminished liberty in old age when you're really, you know, scraping by and you can't do anything because you don't have any money. And you
0: maybe have to keep working well into your old age.
1: Yes, that's true. So there is a dignity plus to the pauperization of the elderly pushes them out into the workforce, gives them a little bit more dignity but i don't know i've been
0: following some current literature on the left that uh, seems to associate work with dignity
1: no uh yes uh i mean the idea of making retired people work instead of receive a social security check is uh you would think a parody of some of these really obsessive pro-work types but is actually something that uh, they have written (laughs) in the past Uh, i've found through my uh through my sleuthing, Um, and so, yeah, no, there's, that's definitely a...
0: And by they, you mean, just to clarify?
1: Oh, you know, advocates of job guarantee and that sort of thing. Um, Hyman Minsky, uh, I saw, he wrote a a couple of, of papers and books where he was saying, uh, wouldn't it be great? Uh, you know, we can't get rid of the old-age pension, unfortunately, at this point, but uh, if we can put a lot of elderly people to work, we could at least uh, prevent, uh, prevent it from getting bigger and uh, maybe even uh, reduce its size to some degree. Uh, he wanted basically everyone who was physically capable of working to work uh, at all times, including teenagers and, uh, you know, elderly people. Uh, so... Because, you know, it's good for dignity, for one, and, and, and more importantly, it establishes the principle you earn your keep. That's yeah. a long-standing left-wing principle, as you yeah. know. Yeah. You earn your keep through labor. What what you get from working, that is yours. That's You shouldn't get a handout, as we know. Strong left-wing uh, position. It's
0: common you hear that on the left.
1: All the time. Yeah, yeah. the left loves the idea that, uh, you know, the welfare state is... Uh, is uh, is uh unearned taking it from the working man
0: yeah the left is like you are worth as a person exactly what you can earn in the market
1: (laughs) yeah that's the position absolutely you're uh
0: like if you had to make us a little snake flag like don't tread on me that's what it would say
1: yeah taxed enough already yeah please let me keep my marginal product yeah and get those elderly people to work the example he used in one of his papers was raking leaves at the park i swear to god that is one of the things that i threw out there as uh as like a parody of uh not a parody as such but i was like this is the kind of stuff you're gonna be able to do is rake leaves in the park and that's what he actually wrote and i hadn't even read his book at that point Um, but yeah, so I mean, imagine granny is out at your local park having to rake leaves because we're, (laughs) you know, we've can, we've made half of her social security benefits contingent on it. That's like literally what he was proposing.
0: Nothing says dignity like Nana taking your order at Arby's and being like, I'm sorry, honey, I'm going as fast as I can. (laughs) And you being like, Jesus lady, hurry up.
1: Oh yeah. Or those like. Septuagenarians that yeah. stand at the Walmart, the greeters,
0: and being like, "Welcome, welcome."
1: It's like God Almighty can't, can't, can't we give you enough money so you don't have to stand and here? And you're like,
0: "Please, just let me help you have a seat and get you some can't tea to drink." Can't
1: you just go home and like, chill out? Why do like well, to have
0: a rest and listen to some this? music and maybe your grandkids can come visit? And
1: it's so bad. Like and
0: it just makes you feel so ashamed of yourself that you're asking this elderly person to wait on you. Essentially, you just want to like bathe yourself in ashes you're like what am i doing yeah something's I'm gone forcing wrong forcing this old person to to greet me I'm like no i don't need you to serve me nana i want to take care of you i'm sorry god almighty <laughs> it's terrible no it's awful. yeah it's like it's like aesthetically horrible you're like god please destroy us
1: the balance of power and, and so the balance sick. of uh yeah of of you know social roles get so tilted from the distribution of income and wealth that you're you're uh, yeah a 70 year old is serving you a 25 year old
0: <sighs> no it's it's <just> so hideous <laughs> it's really bad. it's ugly it's like uh, aesthetically and morally and uh, you know yeah it's really bad and and the problem is that so liberalizing schemes like this that put everything on you they make people sort of naturally defensive so They turn people into the kind of creature that Hobbes imagined, right? These naturally selfish, self-preserving, almost paranoiacs. Because you know that there's no help for you.
1: Yeah, it does that. And I mean, another thing it does is, which is part of this, is it makes people feel like they... So there's both the burden side of it that causes you to like, oh, I have to handle this and there's no one else who's looking out for me. But then there's the flip side where you're like, I don't need anyone else. Look at, look at the number on my 401k account. It's really high. You know, I go online to my, uh, my Vanguard account and my God, there's six figures in that bad boy. Um, I don't need anyone else. Yeah, um,
0: I did it myself, why can't you?
1: Yeah, and like and with retirement that's an especially funny yeah. or destructive element because we like to think about in a lot of the articles that were written about retirement recently and how millennials need to have two times their income yeah. saved by 35 and there were all sorts of takes and countertakes on that. Yeah. It's built on the assumption that the way a society, the way societies retire is they save a bunch of money. Yeah. That's how you facilitate retirement.
0: People save up lots of money. You
1: have a lot of money and then when you're old, you just eat the money. You spend it. Oh, that's right. You spend it. I'm sorry. So yeah. <laughs> how do you spend it? What do yeah. you spend it on?
0: Well, you have to buy a product.
1: You have to buy a product. Well, who makes a product?
0: Uh, well, the local Arby's.
1: The local armies, the local companies, the, ins- yeah, the, yeah the, 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 Jack pa- the, the paper corporations. Yeah. yeah, no, but I mean, it's, um, you know, I mean, to be serious for a second, like.
0: But they're not asking how does this production take place.
1: Right. And like, there's a great disconnect here between the way an individual retires and the way a society retires. Right. An individual, a strategy you can use as an individual to retire is manage to accumulate a whole bunch of assets, And then when you're older, um, presuming that there's a next generation beneath you, you can sell those assets off to younger people who are now sort of in your position and they're trying to build up assets. Or you can use the assets to generate capital income and live off of that. But as a social matter, Right. right, like on a macro level, the way you retire is you have enough children to replace you in the workforce, and now they're working, and you're living off of part of what they produce. You know,
0: right. They engage in current production.
1: Yeah. You take 12%, I think that's the Social Security take at this point, 12.4% of what workers produce. That's actually, I guess, a little bit less than that because of the various things I won't go into. Um, and that's how elderly people make it. So and the point
0: is that the the liberal scheme of retirement, which places the burden of taking care of oneself in old age entirely on the individual, places the person's retirement plans at cross purposes with what actually provides for a healthy retirement scheme for a whole society.
1: Yes. Yes. So. So. Yeah. So on on the one hand, it creates a lot of mental confusion about it. All the financial intermediation makes you feel like the way that it works is you just save and there's assets and that just kind of magically buys you food without thinking, well, who's going to produce the food? Who's going to produce the services that I'm going to need in old age? And then also on the flip side, there's a direct conflict between what Is a good strategy for you as an individual to retire? And what is a good strategy for society as a whole to enable retirement? And that direct conflict is that kids cost money. Yeah. Right? I think um, USDA puts out this estimate every year about, you know, how much it costs to raise a kid. Uh, And I think it's up into the 200,000 figure, something like that. It's definitely well over 100 grand to get them up into, you know, age 18. And... You know, if you want to retire, an easy way to do that is to not have a kid, take that 200 grand, put it in the bank, you know, let it grow, buy some stocks, buy some bonds. And if you, you know, if you don't have two, if you have no kids, you know, you could do that twice or three times or however, you know, whatever the average is. And so, like, that's a great way for an individual.
0: Right. It makes the most sense. Yeah. You could put, you could save
1: Literally maybe $400,000, and then, you know, if you multiply that over the years in which you can invest it, you know, over a million bucks probably that yeah. you can take take to your retirement with you, more than enough to, to live on in old age. Um, but if everyone... <laughs> forwent having children in order to build up these huge asset piles they would find themselves uh as a class an elderly group with a bunch of money and no one nothing to spend it on no, no production to siphon off
0: it's taking me right back to that cat imp
1: yeah it is a categorical imperative uh issue um uh, but it functions also not just in like, well, if no one had, but like at the margin even, as well. even a
0: smaller number, right? Yeah, like, a oh, well, I'll, have,
1: I'll have one kid instead of two so that I can retire right. because the 200,000, I you can shrink
0: the pool. Yeah,
1: and it's like, well, yeah, that doesn't really, there's one less worker now that then would have existed to support the entire it's retired population. Production. Yeah.
0: And so the ideal retirement setup for a society would encourage people to have families.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, a big aspect of retirement policy, the biggest aspect of it is ensuring that you have a right balance of population. Yeah. Making sure that the next generation is going to be big enough to support other people in old age. Uh, And it, like, um, they have this thing called the dependency ratio. Yeah. um, Which usually is just defined as the percentage of people below the age of 16 and above the age of 65, I think. Yeah. Um, but you can define it more finitely as people who aren't working. Right. What percent of your population isn't working? Uh, in, the, in the U.S., it's like about half aren't working, but, you know, it could get much lower than that. It could get, or I guess higher, right? So it could be, you could get up to 55% aren't working or 60% aren't working, and the, the higher that number goes the harder it is to make everything work out. And the more you replace children with financial assets in your accounts, the higher the dependency ratio g- goes and the objectively harder it is for society to retire. Right. So,
0: so, so, I mean, instead of a liberalizing scheme, you would suggest?
1: Well, I mean, we lack a lot of the... Child care benefits, child allowance, you know, things like that, that will, that more evenly reflects the reality of like, well, we want to not only allow people to have the families that they want and to fight child poverty and to fight, you know, uh, limited choices for people, whether they work or provide child care to fight all of these things, but also we want people to be able to retire and, the biggest aspect of that for a society is not getting people to build up big 401ks, but instead creating subsequent workforces that are large enough to produce enough income that can stretch across the entire population, including the elderly who aren't working. That is the key. And so, you know, I just... A lot of the discussion of it... Uh, focusing on personal finance and savings and that sort of thing is just—it's just got everything completely backwards.
0: So, in in a sense, <laughs> in all of these programs, uh, in, in all these conversations that we have about programs that could make a dent in the retirement crisis that's on the horizon, they're always limited to helping people save, financial literacy, uh, that kind of. Uh, is it Julia Ormond type? You know, balance your checkbook. There's a whole industry Am of I this. Am I so the right person? No, that's a completely wrong person. Susie.
1: Susie Orman. Yeah, Julia Orman's um, a
0: lovely actress.
1: Who's that guy? The bald guy. Oh yeah. He like has like Christian-centered personal finance. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah I know who you're talking about. Dave buckets. Ramsey. Buckets. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. He did a presentation with buckets one time. I remember. oh,
1: I'm sure he did. That's a common. That's yeah. a common tool used in the personal finance. And I showed you that book at the um, Amazon Yeah, I remember the Amazon that. Book I Store. saw that. Yeah, rich, that horrible rich monstrosity of a place. <laughs> yeah. Rich Bitch was the title of the book. And it was a uh, uh, smartly dressed uh, yeah. y- young woman sort of in Manhattan. And she was going to tell you, how to How save. How to be
0: a rich bitch.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's just the, I assume the usual personal finance shtick, but written in the in a, I don't know. In s- like
0: 2006 blogitude. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: yes. Written like a sex in the city, uh, personal finance uh, type thing. But um, I
0: started to wonder, was <laughs> I a rich bitch or just a bitch?
1: <laughs> there's all, there's um, also a, a thing called, I think it's called Elvest. Yeah. Yeah, that is a, it's like, um, you know, it's like a personal fund. It's a, it's an actual asset manager. So you can open your 401k and IRA with it, but it's like for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I actually looked at the, the details of it. It's not a good deal. I wouldn't recommend like the fee structure of it is way too high. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they're cashing in on, This is a women's, this is women's savings. This is women's, we have a special thing. Women, they retire differently. Women, and like part of it, it sounds reasonable. You're like, well, women do live longer and women's career trajectories are somewhat different. Um, But like you look under the cover of it and you're like, oh, this is just a robo-advisor with high fees. It's just... It becomes it's just exploitative yeah, basically right. um,
0: but what should really be coming into these conversations is the life cycle and the full picture of society, not just the individual right, right, but a a picture of the person as a piece of the whole, yeah, yeah and and the person as you know not just someone who is basically getting from a to B. From B to C, from C to D, these segments of their life, but as someone who is going to need help and support in all of these different periods of the life cycle and is going to have things to contribute and things that they'll need support in at every stage.
1: Yes, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's more organic. Yeah, well, just recognizing that, yeah, I mean, broadly speaking, there are at minimum three major stages, right? There's the pre workforce stage, the workforce stage, and the post workforce stage and you know when you're pre and post workforce you depend on the workforce you might say i don't depend on the workforce look at all this money i've saved up but of course you depend on the workforce if no one was working your money would do nothing like the financial assets are just a very indirect way for you to basically get consumption transfers from the currently employed that's just like how we do it through these complex financial instruments but like fundamentally yeah Elderly people and children and disabled people and students and people who are unemployed currently, they depend on the on the labor force. And that's how it goes. And you're going to be in all those stages, probably. Maybe yeah. not all of them, but most of them uh, at some point in your life. Um, and the way that you handle that is on a social level is maintaining an adequate level of. Uh, an adequate workforce, maintaining adequate productivity of that workforce, educating that workforce, skilling that workforce—that's how you handle the dependent populations. Yeah. Not, oh, I put a bunch of money in my 401k. This is doing. I think that's exactly
0: right, and I think that a lot of times when you kind of make these critiques, that people I think find it a little bit dizzying because you end up saying, "Well, this problem is not about this minor and very bracketed issue." It is, it's about everything. It's about people and their relationship to society as a whole, it's about every stage of the life cycle, it's about families, it's about how we relate to other people in in society. Um, and, and typically that's taken as a bad sign, right? When an argument is, uh, you know, and this is a result of, I think, a uh, tendency towards technocracy. Right, that in politics, in at least political discourse today, people want to treat everything as an isolated problem with one technical answer that has no philosophical dimension and certainly um, n- n- no need to sort of shift the focus at all. Right, you can zoom in very tightly on any answer and come up with a kind of think tank bullet pointed PowerPoint presentation to fix the problem with you know one easy bill or whatever. But if you're like, no, this actually kind of requires a larger rethinking of, of how people fit together in this world that we're creating and, and the kind of lives that we're encouraging people or discouraging them from living with the policies that we're putting around them and the way that we're bracketing them or liberating them, uh, I think is actually a good sign when those, when political discourse begins to pull in all of those things, you know, life and the life cycle and real citizenship is in being together in a society and each stage requiring its own special support and its own contributions. I think that's a really good sign because I think that one of the big problems of our age is that we engage in so much splitting up and mincing up of the person in personhood, I know I'm real far off on a jazz odyssey here, and you can't really follow me because I'm way deep into my own bullshit.
1: No, I, I follow it. I, I just think. Um, but I, th-
0: I think wholeness is so important, and and an integrated sense of the way a person fits in society, you know. And I think that the way that you're looking at retirement here as well, it's not just about saving up money in your own personal private bank account and then eating your money at the end of your life. It's about being a part of society. It's about being able to have a family if you want one. It's about being able to take care of your kids when you need the support to take care of them. And then it's about those kids being able to flourish as well. And it's about you having the dignity to rest when you're done working. All of those things are part of this whole, and they have to be taken together. You can't split them up.
1: Yeah, so I, I think that, yeah, I think that the the welfare state, when it's properly understood, can definitely be um, can can definitely tells a a richer story yeah um and and that can be very compelling to to people who like that story you know and less compelling to people who prefer a more individualistic story individualism Um, sucks right right but it's also the case that they're just technocratically incorrect like i i I, i got a double arg well i tend to 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 take a more technical view retirement is not a technically complicated thing it's just it's not about um, increasing numbers in a bank account it's about production in society you need to produce enough stuff to stretch across enough people that's what it is um, and it's very, it's the same thing with poverty, for instance, right? There are a lot of people who want to tell these very rich, complicated, lovely stories about poverty and how it's part of a big organic whole. It is, it's not, it's none of that. I mean, it's just not, it's a very simple issue of we have a amount of dollars that we produce each year or uh, stuff we produce each year that we measure with money. Um, and, and you got to get all that to, to the to the, to the people. It's got to be distributed out in a specific pattern, and we know more or less how to do that. Um, and, you know, so, like, on some level, the welfare state is more complicated um, because it Tells a lot of different stories about how people become disabled, or how people are children at one point, how people have kids and have to have special, you know, needs and stuff during that period, and how people have to go through a period of education and so on. Uh, on the other hand, it's also just the technically correct way to describe how to make all these social goals real, right? If your social goal is um, people who are disabled or elderly or who are currently studying or who are currently babies are taken care of and have their needs met, uh, you know, this is how you do it. Um, Not through 529s, not through uh, 401ks, not through uh, education vouchers or whatever, but, but through a pretty straightforward system of we transfer from people who are currently working to provide for the needs who are not currently working. And, you know, the details are, you know, complicated, but the basic picture is, is not. And to the extent that the liberal imagination has tried to individualize it, that's just technically wrong. That's just technically not correct. It's you know, all of these individualistic strategies to welfare depend upon society operating in a correct way in, in the exact same way that you need it to operate for the welfare state to work
0: and you know even to the degree that you have kind of typically conservative stories about poverty being part of this big network of kind of problems that are insoluble therefore we can't do anything about poverty therefore we shouldn't try or or nothing that requires money anyway it should all come down to kind of trying to coach the person. I think those stories disguise themselves as being big stories, but they're actually very small stories. They're about this person is screwed up.
1: Yeah, and you know, now that I'm thinking about it, actually, I mean, the the reason why a lot of conservatives fail to understand the simplicity of poverty is because what they really mean by poverty and by fixing poverty is that people, that we set up the arrangements just so, such that people through their market income through working or through owning or through having saved in the past will cover them. Yeah. And that is an extremely difficult thing to accomplish because the system is not set up to deliver money to people, uh, you know, in that way. It's not, you know, people have children when they're in their twenties for the most part. That's also when they have a ton of student debt and are not making very much money. Um, the system is just conspiring against you at all times. Um, and so, in that sense, I think it actually does fit in more with, they, they have such a hyper-individualized approach that they, th- that they literally have internalized in their mind that the only way you can say you've solved poverty is when you've just so arranged and coaxed the market so that through paychecks and dividends, people are covered. And that just is not going to happen. Right. Um, and so that then does require you to have this more holistic understanding of, well, wait a minute, uh, you know, children are born at this time and elderly people and people become disabled at any time in their life and they may not have had a chance to save and you know, that sort of thing.
0: So you really need a bigger story.
1: Yeah. Or, and you need an understanding that poverty and equality and those sorts of things can be accomplished and must be accomplished through, systems other than the market right, and individual. Right. It's got, you've got to be able to bring into your understanding that if, if people are getting enough income through whatever program that counts, that counts, that really does count. It's yeah. not fake. It's not a fake solution. When we basically eradicated elderly poverty by just giving them money,
0: that right. was not a fake Social solution. It's not fake.
1: It really, they really are not poor That's anymore. Elderly uh, poverty is low. Yeah. And I mean, you could say we didn't really fix it because we didn't get them to save enough to live off of, but, we did fix it. You're just you're wrong. We and just
0: made them dependent, Matt. Right. We took yeah. away their libertas.
1: Right. We made them dependent and then the alternative, of course, they'll just eat their money. That's how it works.
0: We're all dependent guys.
1: Yes, of course you're dependent. If you're not working, but you're consuming things, how do you think that works? Yeah. You could disguise that as much as you want through financial intermediation and I have this account and that account, but that you know, labor's a source of all wealth. You know, plus nature. If you're not working, you're you're getting from someone.
0: We all depend on one another. We all depend on the workers. And uh, we are all together in this society. And in Matt's post-apocalyptic zombie survivors compound. uh, Thank you very much for tuning in today. That's a wrap for this time. And uh, we, we tried to do one about Star Wars. It didn't work.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was not good, apparently. That's just that was just Liz's decision.
0: It just sucked. I don't know.
1: Yeah, she says I'm not good.
0: No, no, I I mean, I just... <laughs> I, This tr- wasn't funny. I mean, I was just like, Matt, what did you think of Star Wars? And he was like, oh, that was weird. It was fine.
1: Yeah, it didn't work because I don't have entertaining responses to movies. My response is just... That was fine. That's cool. Yeah. I liked it. I guess I like it, it's that level of dysfunction where I'm just like a child, basically. You agreed
0: that the little robot was cute, BB-8.
1: Yeah, but I don't have like yeah, yeah. Like Matt's got these wacky. He's so out of touch. He's so out there no. mentally that he he has wacky. Or like you didn't you know. have like a
0: hot interpretive take. Like oh, this represents that, and this is the like this is the chaos dragon. It was just like oh, that, that seemed fine. Everyone seemed fine.
1: Yeah. They all seem nice. Yeah, no, nah, I don't think entertaining to listen to that commentary. So,
0: so, so that was it. Sorry, guys, we tried with the Star Wars, uh, but uh, we'll, 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 we'll be on the lookout for other hot entertainment takes. People have talked about Game of Thrones. The problem is, I don't even know anything about Game of Thrones, so yeah. I couldn't really quiz Matt on it. Like I did Harry Potter because I don't know the terrain. I think it's a little too violent for me.
1: I don't know anything about it. I think it's some Lord of the Rings type thing.
0: No, because Lord, Lord of the Rings is noble. Like, you know, there's a dignity to the universe. I don't, it's like not that savage, I think. this is my impression. I don't know anything
1: opinion. about it either. It just seems similar to me. Just okay. that's how Let's I one put it in my head.
0: Maybe we can do Lord of the Rings. I don't know.
1: I don't think anything where I watch something is...
0: You don't think that's going to work?
1: No, not really.
0: Well... We'll figure something out, and if not, we'll just uh, keep bringing you the hot takes. So thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.